Hi guys, it's your internet friend Greg Tepper. This show was a technical disaster. Most notably because our phone line didn't work to get Haltom coach Jason Tucker on the line, which really stinks because I really want to talk with him. We're going to reschedule him, but in the meantime, I'm going to skip past all the technical nonsense here in the podcast so you don't have to listen to me flounder while our technology fails. Please bear with us. I promise we think we know what we're doing. I love you very much. Here's the show. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and get involved with the show using hashtag TFToday. And now, on with the show. Yes, yes, y'all! From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Wind Tunnel in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show that is battling the elements despite being inside. My name is Greg Tepper. I am the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part. Support your local mediocre internet show. Sitting here, sitting over there, celebrating his 48th birthday today, making us sound good. And boy, he knows how to sound good. Mm. Happy birthday to Genuine. Ooh. Oh, that's a good one. I'm not participating in this. <laughs> well, not with that attitude. <laughs> um, and sitting to my right, the Tennessee offensive line to my Marcus Mariota, oh. our West African prince. Oh, why you gotta, why you gotta do him like that? Why you gotta do him like that? Because I'm usually, I usually have a really like flattering, nice one for him. I gotta keep him on his toes. You could have said Marcus Mariota and the turf. <laughs> yeah, the, t- <laughs> the turf to the my ground Marcus. to my Marcus Mariota. That was ooh, ooh. eleven sacks. Um, today is Monday, October fifteenth, two thousand eighteen. Thirty-eight days till Thanksgiving. Episode six forty-two, six forty-two. Ryan Glenn's ERA in his illustrious Texas Rangers career. Those forty-one games, including thirty-five starts from nineteen ninety-nine to two thousand and one. On today's show, guys, we're going an hour. We're doing it live. F it, we'll do it live. We're gonna have Monday morning fallout. We'll overreact to the football weekend. Then, the coach of how do I want to phrase this? Correctly, is it the hottest team in the state? <laughs> Maybe the most. Because there, there are other teams that are undefeated, right? Right. Mm-hmm. But this is maybe the most unexpected team to be undefeated at this point in the season. We'll talk okay. with the head coach of the Halton Buffaloes. Coach Jason Tucker will join us at 12.15. Excited to talk to him about their massive win over Eagles Trinity. Program-shaping win. We'll talk to him. Then we're going to reveal the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees in the Army Value Schools of the Week. And then back half of the show, we will roll out the College Football Power Poll, ranking the 12 FBS teams in the Lone Star State. So stay tuned for all of that. Um, I like to keep everybody apprised of... Um, of just what's going on in my world. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I feel like we're a family here, and I feel like I need to be honest. I had a I had a minor medical procedure this uh, this weekend. I'm okay, mm-hmm. um, but you know it was something that was it was here scary. Here comes the punchline. It was, it was frightening, but I did have an influenza vaccination, and it was. Um, <laughs> I appreciate the thoughts and the prayers. Um, I'm still, you know, I'm I'm still in recovery mode. <laughs> Um, what are we even doing here? It's just, you know, the pain sometimes you have to go through in the name of health. It's um, it's tough, but 
I, I just, I don't know. I appreciate all you guys being there and thinking about me during this trying time. So. Are you done? Thank, thank you, guys. Are you done? I appreciate it. It just means a lot. It just means a lot to me. Um, you know, it's just. Still it's, going, huh? It was something Still I knew I had to get done. Still going. And I'm. Still going. <laughs> Damn you, Max. Yeah. <laughs> Still talking. <laughs> Still gone. Have you had a flu shot, Max? <laughs> <sighs> have you had a flu shot, Max? That's no, I've not one. had a flu shot, Greg. Okay. Are you going? <laughs> no, I'm not going to get a flu shot, Greg. I got one. I'm happy for you, Greg. Ish, a beautiful <laughs> shot. <laughs> Probably soon. Probably soon. You should. Yeah. I should. It's, it's, you know, I don't know. But anyway, I just thank everybody for their thoughts and prayers during this trying yeah. time. Shout out to Mizio Romero bringing up the appropriate quote for this moment. Michael Scott telling the coworkers about Meredith getting hit by the car. Yeah. The doctors did everything they could. They did their best. And she's going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> I will be okay, but still recovering. <laughs> Saturday morning was oh, tough. Oh, God. We are at Texas Football today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Max, mm-hmm. send out the presidential alert and hit the air raid signer. It's time for Monday Morning Fallout. Monday Morning Fallout, of course, when we overreact to the football weekend. A lot to overreact to this weekend. Let's start. With my three big thoughts. Thought number one, recalibration. Throughout the course of the Texas high school football season, now seven weeks old, we have been able, we've seen a lot of changes and craziness at the small school level, but relative stagnation at the top. 6A has been largely untouched by the ebbs and flows of the Texas high school football season. For the most part, it's been steady as she goes. Not a whole lot of changes in the rankings. Same thing with 5A. For the most part, you know, there have been ranked teams beating ranked teams, but there haven't really been these big shakeups. That all changed this week. I feel like we finally got a great data point on the number one team in the state, Allen, and I think that it's... Is there any doubt now that they deserve to be again I'm not saying that they are locked and loaded have to be your number one team in the state I'm not saying they're going to walk to a state championship right I will say though to hang a 74 burger on a good Plano East on a good Plano East defense is impressive I have some questions about defense sure this was a Plano East offense that did not exactly inspire confidence and you know They give up their fair share of points and yards, but make no mistake, that offense is a flamethrower, and they are a bona fide elite, elite, elite team. Uh, I feel like we got a really good, um, we got another, a a big data point on Temple. They go on the road and beat Killeen, and and what, what had a lot of letdown. And then, of course, there was the Lake Travis Westlake game. And for all the things that we thought could have come out of this game, I don't think... 44-14 44-14 to 14 Westlake was one of them. Nope. I don't think anybody saw this coming. A Westlake win? Sure. Oh, shootout. Right. Couldn't see that. Right. Couldn't you see expect. that. But 44-14 to 14 is a statement type game. That's twice in a row. 
Well, put, set aside the fact, set aside the 44 points, which is by, in and of itself impressive. Mm-hmm. The more impressive thing is 14, and that's t- two years in a row now. Yeah. That, that Westlake has held Lake Travis to 14 points. And if you want to talk about what can get them to a state championship, it's that defense. The mm-hmm. defense looked fabulous. Sure. And when you look at the 6A Division II bracket, I, I don't. I don't know who's going to stop them before, at least before a title game. Right, and you look at uh, you look at that Westlake offense. You know, it, you want they want to control the ball, right? Mm-hmm. Taylor Anderson's not going to throw for four hundred yards, right? Yep. He's not Sam Ellinger. He's not that quarterback. What he does well, though, is he's able to participate in the running game himself. I believe he had over hundred yards mm-hmm. rushing, um, and last year with uh, Nikia Watson, he was able to you know one two off that. This year, you know, it was like okay, it's kind of his show now. Yeah, and. When you don't have a quarterback that necessarily can spread the field to five wide or four wide, mm-hmm. you know you want to be able to control the ball, and that's what he was able to do. You want to be able to slow the game down and hope you're and bet on your defense a little bit. And they've done that two years in a row, and it's worked. Absolutely correct. But make no mistake, Taylor Anderson was fabulous in this game. Sure, Taylor Anderson oh, was great. Absolutely. He was really, really good. Um, but Westlake made a statement on Friday night, mm-hmm. um, and then there's other there's there's the other wrong kind of statement. Cy Fair. Drop their second in a row. Now, Jersey Village is a good team. Yeah. That's a good team that we're not paying attention to. But we had a lot of recalibration in 6A that I think is, is very, very interesting. That's thought number one. Thought number two, stratification. I think we are now at the point in the college football season where you can look at the, the 12 FBS teams in Texas and you can break them up into three, but probably more accurately, four strat, strata. Okay, there's the there's I think three teams at the top mm-hmm. that are probably the best in Texas. In some order, North Texas, A and M, and Texas. In some order, then there is this other layer of teams that are good enough to beat anybody, mm-hmm. but a little too inconsistent for my liking. Sure, Tech, Houston, TCU, right there. Then you have a step below. With two teams that I think are, you know, kind of finding their way. Maybe not, probably, I would just classify them as probably average Mm -hmm. in SMU and Baylor. Those would be average teams. And then you have, I think, the bottom. The bottom. The rest. You have UTSA, you have Texas State, you have Rice, and you have UTEP. Um, I've got a lot of thoughts. We'll get into those in the the power poll. But to me, that, that... those are right now what the strata are, and I, I feel like it's probably unlikely. Maybe a team like Tech or Houston can make that leap up, sure. or they may fall down to the average part. Right. But I feel like we're pretty well set in stone as to what these teams are. That's thought number two, stratification. And thought number three, stagnation. I don't think that I have ever been less surprised by seeing a graphic of the 2A top 10 than what we saw. Go look at our rankings at texasfootball.com for 2A and, and for, in a lot of respects, for 3A. And it is not only a bunch of wins for the ranked teams, it was a very chalky week, but winning in ways that you're just like, oh, yeah, we're in district play now. Okay. Uh, if there is one, I would say Woodville's win over Buna was really impressive. Um, 
But like besides that, I mean, it's just it's it's district play, Jeez. and as a result, when you get into the, into the small school ranks, now that we're this deep, there are some big games down the road. We'll talk about one in a minute. But when you get down the uh, um. When you get down to this point, you're going to start to see this a lot more. Now, you guys were at a game that was not like that. You right. guys were at Gunner and Holiday, mm-hmm. and I know you guys enjoyed yourself, and I know you guys came away impressed with what Gunner had to, uh, had to offer. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it, for a while there, Holiday was really, really close. I mm-hmm. mean, Gunner pulled away kind of at the end, kind of controlled when they got their feet in the ground on defense, but Holiday hit them early. Uh, I believe mm-hmm. I was like on the second or third play of the game for them. Yeah. Um, on, a, on, a good, on a good run uh, to the right side down the – for a good long touchdown run, but man, that gunner offense is just something. And I think one of the things me and Max were talking about, you don't really see it because his numbers aren't exactly, you know, insane. Mm-hmm. But when you watch Dylan Jance in person, mm-hmm. that dude's that dude's just a player. Mm-hmm. Like he he whoever gets him, whatever school, wherever he decides to take his talents, they're going to get someone who just knows how to play football because he yeah. does everything for them he lines up in the wildcat he'll be a slot back receiver linebacker safety he does everything makes every big play on defense too Mm -hmm. you know we talk talk about this i think we you know we go to these games with different uh different things in mind what things we're trying to look for Uh, my my biggest takeaways were gunner is very good Mm -hmm. but we already knew that Mm -hmm. um great facility something we Mm -hmm. hadn't seen before we hadn't been up there really great setting for a football game Mm -hmm. um but yeah dylan jance I mean, top ten player in the state. You know, hmm. I think he's got to be in that that argument for a to Mr. Texas football finalist. I think that's going to be a case that we're going to have to go over when the time comes. Where, I mean, uh, they've had great players in the past, but if you watch them today, he's doing a lot. I mean, he's a really special player. They say there. We talked to Chris Dodd, who was a wonderful host, the principal at uh, Gunner, former football coach himself. You know, they, they talk about him, and, and the radio guys talk about him. And this is a once-in-every-30-years player for a community like that. Mm-hmm. That's how they feel about him. Mm-hmm. And it stands out. It shows. And uh, I guess while we're speaking about Gunner, don't you have a little present do. down there oh, yeah. from uh, Principal? They gave Principal me a Greg Dodd. Tepper helmet. They did give you a Greg Tepper helmet. <laughs> they gave us a bunch of swag. We'll get some Gunner swag on the wall here. Thanks to uh, Chris Dodd for doing that. Uh, like we said, could not be happier uh, with our experience in Gunner. They were fired up. It was a big game. And really, to go back to what Ish started with, to kind of bring this full circle, I felt like they were dominant in the first half. I mean, they they, they threw an interception. Uh, Ethan Everson threw an, an interception that – you know, they were within the 20, 25 at that point. Right. And then they tried to score in the final seconds, tried to that fake field right, goal, true, which was true. awesome. Yeah, they tried work, the LSU right. fake field goal where the uh, the kicker does a sweep uh, and came up a yard short and then tried one more play and just could not get in. They convert both of those, right. and that game's mm-hmm. a blowout at halftime. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking about a four-touchdown game. And credit to Holiday because yeah. they took that and then fought that third quarter and, and made it a game. I think uh, we saw them in seven-on-seven, seven, Gunner. Uh, we saw kind of Ethan's arm a little bit. Oh, yeah. And it's it's a little unfair. <laughs> like when they have that triple option pistol <laughs> offense and then they have a guy who can throw. And I, I can't remember exactly when it was, but he threw a dime. Uh, there were a couple. Might have been the second yeah. or third quarter where I was yeah. like, they have a guy who can do that now? Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, oh, that's not fair. They don't have to use him, but they will. Yeah. It, yeah in, in an impre- it was an impressive win for them. And in a lot of ways, it was just a very chalky week in the small school ranks, which is unlike what we've seen. Right. It was a rare respite right. in the in the 
kind of surging tides of the yeah. small school ranks. That's my three big thoughts. Three helmet stickers. A helmet sticker to Portnetch's Groves quarterback, Rashawn Johnson. He continues to personally victimize Crosby. Uh, 14 of 24, 163 yards and two touchdowns, added 147 yards and three scores on the ground uh, in a f- big win over Crosby. Texas A&M tight end Jace Sternberger. This guy was the man for A&M. Uh, in this, uh, in their win over South Carolina, I believe it was seven catches for 145 yards and a score. He was their number one target in a day when the offense was up and down, but he was the consistent threat for them. He gets helmet sticker and helmet sticker for Dangerfield quarterback Jakari Woods. He ran nine times for 193 <laughs> yards and three scores. He also threw 17 times, completed 13 of them for 277 yards and three scores. Two rushing t- uh, two-point conversions and a passing two-point conversion. That is quite a day. I need to go back and calculate what his yards per touch were, but that's impressive. <laughs> he gets a helmet sticker as well. Three teams to watch. Watch out for Paris. Boy, howdy. Yeah. <laughs> they bodied Salina by yeah. 40. Yeah. Uh, this week, Argyle. And they keep rolling like this. You better watch out, Argyle, because Paris coming. They look good in this one. Tarleton State. The unbeaten Texans, now at the front runners of the Lone Star Conference. Yeah, man, gotta be. They beat yeah. A&M Commerce. Gotta beat Midwestern State. Won't be easy, but they're in the uh, driver's Texans seat. Texans looking great, and San Antonio Wagner um, beat up on San Antonio Highlands in a way that is uh, is not very nice of them. But uh, a team to keep an eye on when you start to look at the way brackets are going to break down. Five uh, A Division One uh, uh, Region Four is going to be pretty wide open, and Wagner looks like a team that can take advantage of that. And three to see. I'm going to stop doing teams to worry about because... It's mean. It's mean. Uh, Childress and Canadian, that's the game. That's the game. Every other game's nice. This is the game. Get to get If you have the means to get to Canadian, get to Canadian for this one. North Texas and UAB is suddenly a super fascinating matchup. Ooh. And um, UAB looked really good against Rice, although that wasn't very hard. Um, but North Texas, big win over Southern Miss. Big game in Conference USA. And Cy Falls and Jersey Village. Suddenly, the District 17-6A title is back on the line. And Jersey Village and Cy Falls fighting for it. Uh, massive game to see down in the Houston area. Those are my three big... Those are, I'm sorry. Those are my three to see. And that is Monday Morning Fallout. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com. Talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. I want to invite you to check out TexasFootball.com to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. That's our subscription package. You get two magazines, two thousand and. 18 recruiting edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Profile more than 400 prospects around the Lone Star State. You get the 2019 summer edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, the Bible of Texas Football, the one you want, the one that we're known for, the famous one. Previewing everything in the state. Uh, you get that pre-ordered and sent directly to you. Don't run around to Walmart, H-E-B, Brookshire's. Instead, we'll mail it to you. Uh, subscribers last year got it. This year got it a week early. You also get a year's worth of exclusive online content at TexasFootball.com, including computer rankings of every Texas high school football team, computer projections of every Texas high school football game, a season's worth of Tep and Step, our premium high school football insider podcast with Matt Step and I nerding out about high school football, recruiting analysis from our friends at Next Level Athlete, all that good stuff. I'm hitting my microphone. I'm so excited. All that good stuff. Everything I just listed for the low, low price of 19.95 for the entire year. That's 19.95 for an entire year. $19.95. It's 20 buck for a year. It's all you get. All those things for 20 buck makes a great gift as well. 
TexasFootball.com is where you can become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. It is the uh, it's the the subscription package that's sweeping the nation. He said. Com- sure. He said confidently. <laughs> Dave Campbell's Texas Football, along with Wells Fargo, and in conjunction with the Academy Sports and Outdoors Texas Bowl, is proud to present the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week Award to the most deserving high schooler in the state. Every Monday at noon, TexasFootball.com will announce 10 candidates for that week's award based on the previous week's on-field performance. Voting closes each Friday at noon, with the winner being announced shortly thereafter. The Week 7 Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week Award nominees, El Paso Parkland running back Dion Hankins. I see you just saw what you did there. Yeah, I, yep. It's all right. El Paso Parkland running back Dion Hankins, 284 yards and five touchdowns on the ground and a 64-yard touchdown reception for the all-time leading rusher in El Paso high school football history. Melissa quarterback Brendan Lewis threw for 271 yards and four scores, actually, and added 144 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Denton Geyer wide receiver Seth Metter caught 10 passes for 219 yards and two scores and ran for two touchdowns for the Wildcats. West Sabine quarterback Dalen Smith Let's see, he ran for 452 yards and seven (laughs) touchdowns. He added just 47 yards passing, although it hardly mattered. And then he added eight tackles and four pass breakups on defense as well. Mission Veterans Memorial quarterback Landry Gilpin, another big game for him, 265 yards and six touchdowns on the ground and added 259 yards and two touchdowns through the air. Harden running back Darius White ran for 410 yards and four touchdowns. That's all. Hey, can I, before we move on from Darius White, Mm -hmm. can I do something? Sure. This is twice now that the peop- the good folks of Harden have in mass nominated him on Facebook like crazy, mm-hmm. like so many nominations on Facebook. They did this a few weeks ago, and he was nominated. And mm-hmm. you know what happened when it came time to turn out the vote? Nobody Nothing. Mm. Nothing. Mm. Harden, get it together. Let's go. He's up for Mr. Texas football. So is D- Newton defensive lineman Christian Paulette. Five tackles, three forced fumbles, and he recovered two of those fumbles and returned them both for touchdowns. Big man touchdowns. San Antonio Madison quarterback Dante Hagens ran through for 136 yards and a touchdown through the air and also ran for 243 yards and four touchdowns for Madison in their big win over Reagan. Fort Bend Willow Ridge defensive lineman Floyd Vitito had 18 tackles, two tackles for loss, a sack, a pass breakup, a forced fumble, and he blocked a kick. He did it all. And Waco University defensive lineman Andrew Apodaca. Great name. 11 tackles, four sacks, and five tackles for loss. So those are your Week 7 Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees. El Paso Parkland running back Deion Hankins. Melissa quarterback Brendan Lewis. Denton Geyer wide receiver Seth Metter. West Sabine quarterback Dalen Smith. Mission Veterans Memorial quarterback Landry Kilpin. Harden running back Darius White. Newton defensive lineman Christian Paulette. San Antonio Madison quarterback Dante Hagens. Fort Bend Willow Ridge defensive lineman Floyd Vitito. And Waco University defensive lineman Andrew Apodaca. Vote early. Vote now at TexasFootball.com. You want to go get your replacement? Oh, Since yeah. Since we're running early. Yeah, I do that. <laughs> Timing throwing everyone off. Dave Campbell's Texas football in partnership with the U.S. Army is proud to honor one school from each public school classification with the Army Values School of the Week Award. The schools selected throughout the course of the program have best exemplified the seven Army values. Loyalty, duty, respect, selfless service, honor, integrity, and personal courage. The Week 7 Army Values Schools of the Week 
In 6A, Amarillo Tascosa, after making a four-hour drive to open district play, the Rebels got off the bus ready, jumping out to a first-quarter lead and never looking back for a 36-20 win over Midland. In 5A, Lufkin, in a matchup of state-ranked district foes, the Panthers, roared to a 35-3 victory over College Station, snapping the 5A Division II state champions' 18-game winning streak and handing them just their third-ever loss in district play. In 4A, Houston Wheatley, trailing 27-12 at halftime, the Wildcats roared to life in the second half, riding a huge game from receiver Earl Williams and a resurgent defense to rally for a 34-27 victory. In, hold on, I changed that. It's all right. In 3A, Spearman, the Lynx continued their torrid defensive tear, pitching their fourth shutout in six games in a 40-0 win over Dimmitt in their district opener. In 2A, Union Grove, entering the fourth quarter trailing 14-8, the Lions battled back to tie the game in force overtime, using a workmanlike game from running back Mikey Webb to earn a hard-fought 22-14 win over district rival Hawkins. And in 1A, Savoy, trailing in the final seconds to St. Joe, the Cardinals scored on an unforgettable hook and lateral play to win its district opener 40-35. So those are your Week 7 Army Value Schools of the Week. In 6A, Amarillo Tascosa. In 5A, Lufkin. In 4A, Houston Wheatley. In 3A, Spearman. In 2A, Union Grove. And in 1A, Savoy. Congratulations to all the schools. We salute you. For more information, visit texasfootball.com slash school of the week. Greg, you're never going to believe this. Mm-hmm. Shea Harris does not appreciate you giving an award to Tascosa. Mm. They won. <laughs> We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com. Talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com. Slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com. Slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. There's no funnier little storyline than San Angelo Central fans like their irrational hatred of Amarillo Tasco. It's pretty great. It's just I am, like this. I am 100% very here for it. It's very, great. Like, it's a running thread. Yeah, I think so. Hey Sean, you want to scoot a little deer line? We've already we've already blown this show up. I might as well just produce on the fly too, yeah. out loud. The show's already a mess. <laughs> episode 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 six. Now you're good. Episode six forty two will not go go into the greatest hits album. No, it will not. <laughs> it won't. But here to save the show, I'll do it. Doing our college football power poll. It's our college football insider from Dave Campbell's Texas Football. It is Shehan J. Raja. The hero we need but don't deserve. Exactly. How I'm doing you? great. I'm doing great. How was Denton on Saturday? <sighs> so it was my first trip up there, uh-huh. uh, obviously for Southern Miss, and the game was very good. Uh, the weather was not. The weather no, was, was decidedly not. not. Um, it, was, it was a great experience. I mean, Jordan Stepp and all the guys up there do a fantastic job of, of accommodating us, mm-hmm. and Mason Fine is every bit as good as you think he is, although we didn't get to see as much in the second half as we wanted. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, yeah, I mean, the stadium's beautiful. Denton's a great town. I just wish there were people there. Yeah, that would have been nice. Yeah. It would have been nice, but I know that it got delayed a half hour. Is that right? Yeah, only a half hour. Yeah. So, I mean, but it was it was actually pouring when I was driving up. Like, it was it was the sort of pouring where I couldn't – it was just white mm-hmm. everywhere. And I was like, do I really want to go to this game? And the answer was yes. Yes, I you did. did. You did. All right, let's get to your college football power poll, ranking the 12 FBS teams in the Lone Star State. A familiar face at the bottom of the power poll – the UTEP Miners. Um, so, here's the good news. Yeah. Did they lose? They did not lose. Ha-ha. What? They were on by. How about that? Yeah. Congratulations to the UTEP Miners. They did not lose. Um, but, I mean, 
look, this week I believe they get – who is it? They get Southern Miss. They go to Southern Miss. Yeah. So yeah. That'll go well. That, that, I, I knew it was someone not great. <laughs> uh, narrator, it did not go well. Yeah. Um, so that's number 12 at UTEP. Number 11. Yeah, it's Rice. So I wrote about this game on TexasFootball.com, and I declared this rock bottom for the program. Yeah. They got murder killed yeah. by UAB yeah. in every possible phase of the game. And in, on their home field. On their home turf in front of nobody. Right. On, um, in a game against a team that is less than 18 months removed from reviving their program from a hiatus. Now, UAB's... Pretty good. UAB is probably the co-favorite to win the division. Like Bill Clark, is that the head coach's name? Uh, is he still? There? That sound right? Sounds he's right. Sure. Sounds yeah, right. he's. I'm gonna say that confidently. There you go. Bill Clark, like UAB's. A re- you are correct. How about that? UAB's a good team. Yes. UAB's a good team, but there is no excuse for Rice to look as bad as they did, and yeah. they looked god awful in their 42 nothing loss. Yeah, and and we've talked about. Uh, Earlier in the season, you know, you know, Rice has some potential. They've showed some flash. They've been able to score on pretty much everybody, uh, you know, that they've played. Not a ton of points, but, you know, a good 20 to 25 points against pretty much everybody to score zero points. And they lose their starting quarterback, granted. They lose their starting running back for a stretch. It, it's just everything fell apart. And, mm-hmm. again, it's year one of a rebuild. It's not like there's any reason to worry. It was always going to – there was going to be a moment like this. Right. And it right, came on right, Saturday. Right. And – that doesn't make you feel any better, no. and unfortunately, it pushes you down to number eleven. Yeah. But again, a, a lot of things happened. A lot of things went wrong, and like you wrote, uh, now it's time for Mike Bloomgren to build from there. Hey guys, just think about this: Rice and UTEP will play this year. Um, God, that's right. That hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nope, what are we going to do? A big thing for that? We should do a big <laughs> thing for that. We should do a tailgate. Um, number 10 on the power pole, Shahan, is? UTSA. Boy, um, they moved up a spot by no, <laughs> by no like, doing of their own. No. This game was pretty much over before it started. Yeah. yeah. I never, like, it was 7 nothing at the end of the first right. quarter, and it felt like 100 to nothing. Well, and let's put it this way, okay? So, they lost Louisiana Tech 31-3, yeah. by the so, way. So, so Louisiana Tech... They they lose uh, or they lose to Louisiana Tech thirty one to three. A week earlier, Louisiana Tech had went and lost to UAB twenty eight to seven. So I mean, this is a decent Louisiana Tech team. It's fine. You know, I, I know that they beat North Texas, but stuff happened to yeah. make that happen, right? To lose thirty one to three, and and with Rice, we talked about it's year one. It's early on. They're going to look at this and look back and, and laugh at this. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is year three. This is year yeah. three under Frank Wilson, and I'm not saying that they shouldn't have lost. Like, fine, they lose. They're a worse team than Louisiana Tech right now. That's fine. It's totally fine to be that. Mm-hmm. What it's not fine to be is 31-3 to three worse. Yeah. that That's unacceptable. And I do wonder, um, I know I've seen some stuff, and this is just chatter on Twitter. Yeah. But I do wonder where the fan base is on Frank Wilson. I wonder if they're starting yeah. to lose if they're start if he's starting to lose the the, the support of the fan base. Yeah. That was the one thing that even in the trying times like last year, they right. were like, No, we've got a guy we're building. Right. Well now they don't look good. Right. And especially don't look good offensively. Well and the one thing that maybe you say is that they can't get quarterback play worse than what they have right now. Sure. And you know, so if they bring in a JUCO, if they bring in a grad transfer, if they bring in 
you know, even develop guys within the program. Maybe this just looks different next year with a little bit more competent quarterback play. Maybe it does. You but, you you gotta hope so. Yeah, but if not, again, then I don't know where they go because, like, like here's the issue with not having good quarterback play, right? So I've talked a lot about Jalen Rhodes and BJ Daniels, mm-hmm. how they're pretty good, right? I mean, not phenomenal, but a pretty good pairing. They combine for ten carries for nineteen yards. Mm-mm. When you don't have to defend Mm-mm. the pass, everything falls apart. Yep, you're absolutely right. So that is number. 10 on the power pole. Number 9 is... Texas State. Am I crazy? Is this their best game of the year? Is this Was well, this a better... Obviously, they didn't win. They lose yeah. to Georgia Southern 15-13 on Thursday yeah. night. Obviously, a win is better than a loss. Yes. Boy, I feel a lot better about this team yeah. now than I did after that win. So, the one thing that I'll say about them is that... It all happened after going down 15-0. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the one thing. It was like a real f- kind of third and fourth quarter run. If they had been able to kind of sustain, you know, oh, it's 9-6 and now it's 15. Well, you know, if it's one of those sorts of things, I feel a little bit better maybe. But at the same time, I mean, <laughs> it's amazing what giving the ball to your best player does. Yeah. Um, you know, because I, I don't know. If, for people who didn't watch the game, the main touchdown was scored on an end around to the tight end. Mm-hmm. Keenan Brown, their best player, uh, by far. By far. And he goes 61 yards up the field and then later punches it in for a three-yard touchdown run. Yeah. This is your tight end. Yeah, their tight end. I mean, they've, they've pretty clearly said, all right, you're the guy. Like, right. We're going to have to do that. Uh, this was an ugly game. Yeah. It was an ugly game. But for once, like, the Texas State defense bowed up. Yeah. And it was like, oh. Yeah. No, Georgia Southern's good offensively. They are, and they held them to something like 210 yeah. yards of offense. Yeah. Really impressive stuff from the defense. Yeah. I'm actually encouraged. Definitely. definitely. Now, you I want to see them, but they've got to be able to put it together a whole game. Right, like, right. Until they can do that, it just kind of seems And, like and this just proves, you know, they have the talent to do it. Mm-hmm. They can do this against good teams. And, and Georgia Southern's not like going to win the conference or anything like that, but they're going to compete with everybody. Yeah, they absolutely And will. if they can compete with Georgia Southern, there's no reason that they shouldn't compete with everybody else, too. They are Texas State moves up to number nine in the power pole. Number eight in the power pole is still SMU. Still SMU. They had a bye and they did not lose. They did not lose. Good job SMU. <laughs> it's sad. It's sad when like we have to like start qualifying teams as did they or did they not lose. <laughs> well, you are in the bottom half. Of the yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, to be we're fair. moving up. We're moving up. Number eight in the power pole. Seven. Seven. Thank you. In the power pole <laughs> is the Baylor Bears. The Baylor Bears. You know, and and actually. After submitting this, I kind of went back and forth about putting them at seven or six, but um, you know I'm keeping them at seven. I'm glad you kept up at seven. Yeah, I'll say that right now. I I think they're seven, but they looked pretty dang good against Texas. Um, You know, it's a twenty-three to seventeen game. Now, granted, they lose their starting quarter. uh, Texas loses their starting quarterback, but Baylor has three shots at the end zone from the twelve yard line to try and win it. I mean, they're throwing into the end zone as a times against a against what what's a top ten team. Yeah. Uh, okay, a top yeah. ten team, but yeah. like you know, a ranked team yeah. for sure. Yeah, 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 they're throwing into the end zone to win the game. Right, that's impressive. Um, yeah. I felt like this was a variety. Like they had a shot to win this game, and that this is what programs that are at this point in their build right. do right, is right. that they don't finish. And that yeah. that this felt like they had about two or three opportunities right. to really finish this game, and they couldn't. Yeah, and and you know what. I think that's just part of program development. I think that's right. You know, uh, year one, you play and you try to do the best you can. Year two, you get close. And year three, you win these games. Yeah. You know, that that's what you're supposed to do. Um, and, and again, I don't think that anybody 
really thought that Baylor had a shot to win that game. You know, it's it's there's really three teams in the conference that are to me. I mean, <laughs> we'll we'll talk about I would say in a minute, but yeah, you know, will. but <laughs> but who are maybe ahead above everybody else, regardless of what happened mm-hmm. over the weekend. You know, I think Oklahoma, Texas, and West Virginia are still probably ahead above everybody else. Probably true. Um, and look, you kept it close against one of those teams. Yeah, and I think that's on, that's the, road, on the road. On uh, my concern for them yeah. is uh, they 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 got they got to start running the ball. Yeah, they got yeah. to because yeah. Char- again, I like Charlie Brewer, yeah. but you can't ask him to go out there and win the game for you. For sure, for sure. But you know, against other teams, they've had a little bit more success yep. running the ball. Yeah, for sure. But uh, they are at number seven in the purple. Number six is TCU. The hell do we make of these guys? I don't like. I don't. I mean, it's it's the kind of thing that, like, in the off season, we were sitting here talking about what TCU was going to look like and yeah. what we thought they could be, and we thought, okay, this looks like it could be a really elite defense, and they are. They're at least very good. Yeah. I don't know if they're elite, but I don't they're think very they're elite, good. But they're good. Uh, we knew they had weapons like Jalen Rager, like Kevante Turpin. We knew they had weapons like two running backs with Darius Anderson, Shea Lanalua, and a lot of it comes down to Sean Robinson. A lot. And the bottom line of it is, and I know he was nicked up, and I know he's banged up and all that fun stuff, but the bottom line of it is that right now, he can't take care of the football. At all. At all. So so the stat is, so TCU has the second most turnovers of any Power 5 team right now. Jeez. Do you, do you know who the worst is? No. It's Rutgers. Oh. <laughs> TCU has 15 turnovers this God. year, and 12 of them are Sean Robinson's alone. Yeah. So, it, you know, when you, when you say it's a lot on Sean Robinson, that's true, but it's not these other guys making mistakes. It's Sean Robinson. I mean, you are – you hold Texas Tech at home to 17 points, yeah. and you can't win that game. And you lose the ball. Texas Tech was 0-7 – when scoring less than twenty points heading in, and on top of that, they were four and fifteen when scoring less than thirty points heading in. Golly, it's um, yeah, that's 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 kind of yeah. I don't know. This was the, like the, the, the and I know that I know that we're gonna get to Tech in a moment, and I know that pretty much all three of their losses you can look at and say, oh, okay, that's not bad. But it's just the style in which yeah. they're playing right now that's just yeah. really discouraging for for TC right now. I mean, I think that. The last play of the gay game really says it all. You know, the, the play where Sean Robinson's trying to, you know, roll out, tries to run for a first down, reverses field, and just the ball flies out. Yeah. It, that that kind of just says it all. That really does. They're number six in the power pole. Number five in the power pole is? Houston. Houston. Guys are five and one. Yeah. And I think they don't be fo- By the way, don't be fooled by the score. Yeah. 42 to 20. It was, it was 42 East, to 6. East Carolina was never close yeah. in this game. It was 42 to um, 6 before. They the came last out minutes. and they treated this team appropriately. Yeah. And it was a, a breakout game for Ed Oliver. He had a terrific game. I believe he's the AAC Defensive yep. Player of the Week. He had five tackles for loss. Uh, he was excellent. Um, DR King was great. Mm-hmm. They ran the ball pretty effectively. This was a, the kind of complete yeah. game yeah. that I was looking for from them because. They've won a lot of games. They've won five games, but they haven't necessarily looked like, okay, we're going to take this team and we're going to throw them away. Mm-hmm. And this was the game against a conference moment and on the road, too. Mm-hmm. This is what you have to do. And they looked like a team that, you know, I'm not going to say that, that can win the AAC, but, you know, they can win the AAC. Yeah. And, and they, they did to a bad team what championship contenders do. They looked like a complete team. Yes. And that's probably yes. 
it's probably the first time they've done that, at least against an FBS opponent. Yeah, for sure. But they've looked sure. like a complete team. Definitely. And, and that's that's very encouraging. I think yeah. the, the arrow's, like, whereas number six TCU, the arrow's pointing down. Yeah. Like, I think number five Houston, the arrow's pointing up. Definitely. Number four of the power pole. Texas Tech. Defensive powerhouse Texas Tech. <laughs> uh, number four in the power pole. Yeah. Um, I, I was joking on, on Thursday night. I, I was talking to my friend, a TCU grad. Texas Tech versus TCU looked like two teams who were playing without their best offensive player. The issue was only one of them was. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, give Tech a lot of credit. Yeah. That I think that a team with that lost their starting quarterback who had been so good for them, it would have been easier for them to roll over and die. Definitely. And they came out. I thought Jet Duffy was fine. He will be replaced whenever Bowman's back. But he was fine. Um, and they all tech called a game in a way like the coaching staff called a game in a way that, that they, they figured out what kind of game they can win in this situation and they went out and they executed it. It wasn't pretty there. It's not going on the highlight reel, but I, I said on Twitter, I think it's the biggest win the Cliff Kingsbury era. I think that there's a real argument for that. Yeah. Well, I, I think the biggest thing that you take away from this is just that Texas tech is a team that has never ever won games in different ways no they always win with offense Mm -hmm. and you know you want to talk about that defense only allowing 14 points i think you also have to give a lot of credit to their punter dominic uh, panazolo sounds right yeah apologies if you're listening dominic but um but he had a fantastic game he downed two punts within the five yard line Mm -hmm. like that's the kind of game it was it was we're going to win the field position battle, which Texas Tech is actually a surprisingly good special teams unit. Uh, and th- we're going to win on defense. And our offense is going to do literally just enough to Just win. enough. And they did it. And, and it, it's, it's, it's a very – I think it's the most – somebody said that it was the most refreshing win of the Tech yeah. – of, of, that Tech's had this in a long time. This is not a game that they could have won no. in previous years. And, by the way, look, they're 4-2. and two. The next two games are Kansas and Iowa State. Now, yeah. Iowa State's an interesting squad. Our Cyclone overlords, yes. But I will say that right now, I mean, you've still got Kansas State on the schedule. Mm-hmm. you still got Baylor on the schedule. Yeah. I, I mean, I think eight wins are right there yeah. for and, Tech. And look, I, I mean, I don't think that even Oklahoma and Texas, they get both of those at home. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that either of those teams are just like, Astonishingly better. No, you know they're they're better. They no. should both they, those teams. They won't. Win. They won't be overmatched in any yes. game that they'll play for Correct. the rest of the, for the rest. Of it. And that's that's very. That's I think a very good thing. So yes. uh, they are number four on the power pole. Number three on the power pole is Texas A and M. Texas A and M. Yeah, interesting. I, I don't. I don't know how I feel about them. This was so. This was. I don't know. Do you know what it looks like? It looks like a Corvette that doesn't have that that is 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 abiding by the speed limit yeah in the sense that (laughs) i think that there are a lot of really good tools here and a lot of really good pieces and you can see that thing you go oh man i bet that thing is fun but then they just kind of they they go and kind of fits and spurts and they're just they do enough and they, they they get you where you need to go but it's just like you, you feel like, boy, like, for example, I felt like I at no point felt like they were the worst. They were not the best team right. against South Carolina. Right, right. They just kind of scuffled and found a way to win. Kudos to them on a day when things weren't necessarily going all their, you know, the right way. Yeah. 
they found a way to win. It's just it, it was just an odd, odd game. Well, you know what that sounds like to me, right? What's that? Texas A&M under Kevin Sumlin. Oh, you're a you're a big jerk. <laughs> no, but I mean, send your hate mail to <laughs> at Tepper on Twitter. The good news, <laughs> the good news is nobody can spell his name. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I should have thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the big thing to me is just I. So A and M, you know, they played this great game against Clemson. Mm-hmm. They played well for a little while against Alabama. You lose, that's fine. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Alabama's the best team in America. You kind of only look okay against Arkansas, if if not mm-hmm. kind of poor. Yeah. You I look at average. You, you look decent against Kentucky, but really not particularly great. And I understand they're number 13 and they have a great defense. Yeah. So that's, that's forgivable. But then you go on the road to South Carolina and you look completely beatable again. Like I, like I said, the car looks great. Yeah. Tier one. I want to see it rev up. Yeah. And right now we haven't seen it just really rev up. Right. Now, kudos to the coaching staff that on a time in a time when you're not revving that engine to full go you're still winning oh yeah because that wasn't necessarily the case no, in the no, Kevin no, no, Sumlin no. but I will say that that I don't know I feel like there's another gear there that they haven't hit but you can see it I don't know it's interesting yeah. so they're number three on the power pole number yeah. two on the power pole you saw them North Texas the North Texas mean green um that first quarter yeah I was like, oh no. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> What's are about they just, to happen? Are they just broken? First half, really? Oh, yeah, the first, pretty much the first half. I, like, I was thinking, oh my God, are they just broken? Right. Like, did Louisiana Tech break them? Because then they go and they, they lose, or they don't lose, but they barely beat UTEP. <laughs> right. And I'm like, oh no, are they just broken? And then something clicked. Yeah. Because they ran away with it. Right. Right. And. And actually, that's a good way to put it. They ran away with it. They were able to establish a running game finally. Mason Fine didn't have to do everything out there. DeAndre Torrey finishes with three second-half touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And their defense puts up a great effort against a good Southern Miss offense. Um, EJ Agia, after the game, said, you know, we want to we make them one-dimensional. And they were able to do that. They were able to take away the running game from Southern Miss, make quarterback Jack Abraham have to beat them. And he wasn't able to do it. You, mm-hmm. you know, he threw for a lot of yards, but also had a bunch of mistakes. Um, and... Look, UNT, actually, here's the stat. UNT finished with 14 tackles for loss. Wow. Yeah, that, that, that'll do it. That's really impressive. That'll get it done. So That's, that's, that's good stuff. And, 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 you know, maybe they have just, maybe they've rounded, but they've, they've gotten over that funk. Yeah. Maybe maybe yeah. they just went through a rough patch. They're 6-1. and one. Yeah. They're 2-1 the conference. They still need um, they still need Louisiana Tech to cough one up here if they're going to get back in that yeah. conference race. But, uh, no, they they did against UAB. Right. Well, yeah. against UAB, so it's yeah. gonna. So it's U- UAB. Yeah. Uh, so this is a huge game. Yeah, next week against UAB. I, I think that they beat UAB, then they're right back in it. Yeah. And by the way, the yeah. rest of their games uh, after that, very well. Rice, Ugh. ODU, okay. Florida Atlantic, fun and, one, and UTSA. Yeah. You should go four and zero down the stretch. So the UAB game suddenly looms very very. Yeah, long. yeah. If if they win against UAB. They're in a fantastic spot to win the division and really win the conference. Yeah, and 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 you, it's it's that's exciting for a team that I think we had all just kind of slumped our shoulders and right. And, and that's one of the reasons why I went to the game was I wanted to see them show that they're more than that. Yeah, you know that they're more than uh, what we saw last week against UTEP. And and look, they just have to win their games now. They don't have to win pretty, but yeah. they just have to win. Just all have to win them. Yep. And finally, the number one team in the college football power poll, according to Shahan J. Raja, is... The Texas Longhorns. Uh, Texas is back. <laughs> the bye week comes at a very good time Oh, uh, yeah. They need a refocusing. <laughs> yeah. Now, 
Here's uh, first of all, like it sounds like it's, so. Sam Ellinger goes out with injury. It sounds like he's going to be okay. It was a uh, shoulder sprain. Yeah, AC joint. I think it but was. But they they expect him back for the next game. They, yeah, and they're very lucky that they have the bye now because next if they played next week, he probably wouldn't be back. Right. But then, he, and it was actually kind of funny. I mean, I I know that a lot of people watch the game. So Sam Ellinger has like all this blood on his hand when he uh, when mm-hmm. he is like during like the first drive, movie. right? And I'm like, oh wow, he must have needed stitches. And then they come back and they're like, oh yeah, it's a shoulder. And you're like, what? That's was it. Shoulder bleeding? <laughs> I don't um, know. No, it was. It was. I, I'll tell you that another thing where it's like, look, you lose your starting quarterback and you right. don't you don't roll over. And right. and Shane Bouchelle wasn't great, but he was good enough. Good enough, and that's all you needed. And Keontae Ingram, let showed, me tell you, showed why he needs more than uh, you know six carries a game. Keontae Ingram is going to be a parabolum for yes. people. He it's is true really good. Oh man! And defense came up with stops. It wasn't pretty. There was a bit of squeaky bum time, but Texas got the win and they kept on rolling. And you're right. I think the bye week comes at a very, very good time for them. That's the college football power poll. Number 12, UTEP. Number 11, Rice. Number 10, UTSA. Number 9, Texas State. Number 8, SMU. Number 7, Baylor. Number 6, TCU. Number 5, Houston. Number 4, Texas Tech. Number 3, Texas A&M. Number 2, North Texas. And number 1, the Texas Longhorns. And now we go to Max Thompson for America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. Brent Homan, Robert Wolf, two Hall of Fame commenters mm. for Texas football today. Hall of Famers, Hall of Famers, dedicated, loyal. They're calling us Aggie haters, legitimately. They're not even being funny about it. Aggie haters. They boy, there are some and, Tex- and, there are some Texas fans who yeah, I was about to say would think that's uh, very funny. Uh, Misael immediately got in the comments and goes, uh, "Guys, did you not learn the lesson when they got mad at me last week for calling?" Him? He said we were Texas haters, and there's this jackass. On YouTube, who's oh, obsessed yeah. with saying you're obs- we hate Texas? I know. He's amazing. obsessed. It's amazing. He's a lunatic. By the way, I picked. We I, don't care, guys. I picked Baylor to cover the tw- the twenty the points, and guess what? They did. They did. I mean, um, <laughs> good lord, haters. We don't care. I don't. Here's what I want. You want to know what my dream is about all these damn teams? That they all make the playoffs, so I can get yes. The college football playoff consists of four Texas teams by some by some fairy I've tale. I wanted to go Texas, to the Rose Bowl. I don't care. Who, Texas A and M Rice. Yeah, <laughs> right. And North Texas. North Texas. I don't care. That's what I want. No, I want. Two, I want it to be a. Two two we are here for conference. the state of Texas. Texas. State. If any of these freaking teams wants to stand up and be a national power, we would be thrilled. Again, but I none want of them to are go doing to the Rose Bowl. It. That'd be fun. I want to. <sighs> Help me out, guys. This is – you guys are better than this, and you're, you're being the whiny babies that I have come to hate the most about the Internet. <laughs> I, I, I just – I don't know what to do with you. And then on top of it, Wolf is just sitting here talking about the Astros the whole time in the comments. The freaking phone lines don't work. It's been a great show. 642 is going to go in the record books. I'm just – I have nothing else to say. Tepper, take us out. That's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending part of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com for Shehan Jayaraja, Ishmael Johnson, Max Thompson. I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please get your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow in Texas Football Today. Mm